I haven't A B pants though, you know, so I haven't how how many cameras do you have and where are they pointed at? You know what? I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Welcome back to another episode of Refactor, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck a little less each day. My name is Frank Cole. And my name is Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode number 038, recorded on September 7th, 2021. So I actually had the, um, we, we, we previewed it last weekend. I had the, uh, the birthday weekend this past weekend. And uh, normally I really don't care. Um, I, I technically don't care this year either. What, what reason I'm bringing this up is that uh, I did some fun stuff with the family this weekend and my wife got me a pretty kick-ass gift. Uh, so All right, lay it on me. So uh, first we spent the weekend, uh, we spent Saturday at uh, Great Wolf Lodge, which I know you have oh. told me about before. Yes. Uh, I, I, <laughs> uh, I don't, this is, uh, all right. I'm you not don't need ruin to tell your, your story. Here. You don't need to tell your story, no. but I think your story is No, I'm, I'm happy to do so to warn future travelers. <laughs> all right. So we'll do. We'll do my good story first. So I actually enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was um, it was uh, pleasant. They had uh, they had COVID signs. So just a just a day trip. We didn't know we we spent the night because of what we did on One Sunday. Okay. So we went uh, mm-hmm. two nights. Excuse me. Excuse. Uh, we went on Saturday afternoon. We got there about four. Had played in the park a little bit that that afternoon and evening. All day Sunday. Slept that night. Left Monday morning. Is what we did. So um, it's kind of like it, it's kind of a microcosmic Disney world. You know, it's very it's it's the same same kind of vibe, uh, super condensed into a smaller space. Fun, mm-hmm. great for the kids. Uh, the park was, you know, fairly impressive for being an indoor water park. Some nice uh, some nice tube slides. Uh, my my daughter and I had a, had a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so so we had a good time. Um, food wasn't atrocious. It was, mm-hmm. it wasn't bad. We did a buffet. We had pizza one night. So yeah, it was nice. good. So anyway, but I know that that is, <clears throat> that was not your experience when you went no, there. No, it was. It was. We actually, we had a good, I think we went for two nights or three. I forget exactly. Um, but it was like a, like a long weekend type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was a weekend. It was, I don't know. We were there three or four days. Um, and it was fun. We had a blast. The kids loved it. They were, you know, young enough that everything was cool and magical and old enough that they could do most of the things, you mm-hmm. know, little activities and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really cute. And they, uh, it was, it was a neat, I, and, uh, the water park, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I'd never been to an indoor water park of that scale before. It was kind of I've cool. never done an indoor um, water park before. I've done outdoor water yeah. parks. That one was it was yeah. cool. It was really neat. And it was, you know, Big. temperature regulated. It was cool. You didn't have to worry yeah, about it was sunscreen. Nice. It was really nice. Factors. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and uh, no, we had a great time. And I think it was a long weekend. We might have gone up on a Thursday, Friday, come back Sunday. And it was fantastic. And then we got home. Uh, you know, I'll just say Sunday morning we got home. And around 10 o'clock that night, and we had two kids at the time, around 10 o'clock that night, one kid starting to have gastrointestinal distress mm-hmm. and then half an hour later the other one starts mm-hmm. and then we're getting them cleaned up and my wife starts 
And then <laughs> I thought I had skipped it. Long story short, without, you know, going into TMI, the others, you know, they were they were in a bad way for, I say, eight to 16 hours total. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in a bad way for like two weeks Oof. with this stomach bug. Oh, man. And I it was we had a great time while we were there and we will <laughs> never go. It's like it's like a taste aversion. <laughs> like I was right. there and then horrifying things happened thereafter. Right. Forever, like we will not be forever, going back forever to this. And, cursed because of that. So some yeah, kind of, yeah. Some and kind apparently, of, a lot of like we've looked at reviews. Apparently, a lot of people have that experience. Interesting. Um, going to these, and our theory, uh, our theory is not it was the food or anything. Our theory is that like the indoor water park, you you can chlorinate the bejesus out of it all you want, but lack of direct sunlight on that is is the difference. That was that's our personal mm. kind of okay uh, non scientific theory on on why that's. Uh, that we had a great time while we were there. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to paint that poorly. Lots of people go and have no problems. So if you, um, you know, if you start feeling bad in like this afternoon, well, yeah, I was going to say we're we'll past sh- your window that you're describing now. We, we've, yeah. we've passed that window. So I mean, that yeah. makes me feel a little bit you better, but we might've dodged the oh, bullet there. Yeah. Um, that's, I, yeah. that does suck. Um, but and we the did- worst, the worst part about it was for me, we went, um, this was, I guess this was May. I want to say it was like May of 19 we went. So it was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we went and I had some business travel uh, later that month. And I was still recovering from this when I was due to leave. And I mm-hmm. was worried, like, should I go first? You know, primary concern, should I go? Secondary concern, can I go? Like, am I going to make it in a cab or on a plane or on a train? <laughs> like, is that going to be a serious problem for me? Um, and uh, would you, could you, thanks to the box? fact that it, would you, could you with yeah, a fox? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fox would have been a mess by the end of it. I promise you that much. Um, but thanks to it, it did, it did start to curb. And then um, I, I just medicated myself to kingdom come and everything was fine. But, That's, um, yeah. yeah, it's a so, rough. We still, it's like this. The this is like the family trip we don't discuss. That I, I, I have, I have, um, yeah, like family trips from family trips from hell. Uh, I, I have one as a, mm-hmm. I, I have one as a kid, and then <clears throat> there was a, um, there was a trip down to, um, we were going to the Outer Banks in North Carolina one year, uh, when my daughter was really, really little, like a year and a half maybe, and traffic getting. There's only one road in and out. That's it. You get to this certain mm-hmm. point, you have to take this one road. Traffic was bumper to bumper. It was miserable. She is in the back screaming because she has oh. had enough of the chair. Will not get out. I can't get and out. You're I got not no, moving. I, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. There's nothing to do. And I, and I remember at one point I was thinking, this is hell. This is my personal hell. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. so bad. <laughs> so oh. uh, that did not happen this weekend. We had a good time. Uh, kids loved it. Uh, and good. then uh, and then. Dad had dad got his uh, birthday slash uh, anniversary slash Father's Day. I forget. I forget which one she rolled it all up under. Um, mm-hmm. I got to go uh, to Pocono Raceway and drive a stock car on the Tricky Triangle on Pocono. That's Raceway. That's awesome. It That's was awesome. awesome. And so, you know, for the delight of our audience here, I thought I would just give you a quick uh, a quick preview of uh, of what it actually uh, feels like. So just imagine this for about eight or 10 laps. 
got to slow down, Frank. That's coming in way too hot. You got to slow down there. (laughs) So it's, uh, so I did eight laps. Uh, I maxed out. They actually, interestingly, I didn't know this. Uh, NASCAR stock car racing. They don't have a speedometer in there. They only track RPMs because the idea is you're going as fast as you possibly can at all times. And so you're only ever watching the RPMs because that's what's important for the, you know, for the balance of your car. Um, so I did the, they did this hour of training and then they did this, um, uh, the, uh, I, I did a ride along. So I got to see a professional mm-hmm. driver and sit in the, sit in the passenger seat and he explained, okay, here's, I'm, I'm, I'm accelerating here. I'm laying off here, you know, and he, he explained all the turns. It was, it was cool. I'm glad I did that. And then I got to do eight laps. I did 20 miles and, uh, I maxed out at over uh, over 8,000 RPMs. And according to their calculations, it's somewhere around like 160 to 165 miles an hour. It was nice. awesome. It was so nice. much freaking fun. Um, so if you ever have a chance to do that, I highly recommend it. It was, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a blast. And, and you know, I've, I've talked to some families. You weren't nervous or anything. No, 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 I wasn't nervous at all. I was like, why would you be nervous by the end of, by the end of it? Cause the way they do it is they have a trainer. They have a, the professional drivers in front of you and, and you are supposed to follow at a, at mm-hmm. a certain distance. You follow that trainer and your goal is to just stay on him or her the whole time. And uh, so you're, you're, you're hitting certain points of the track, you know, a certain, yeah. at, at certain angles and things like that. By the end, I was kind of like, all right, get this trainer out of the way. I want to go faster. <laughs> there were a couple of, they said during, they said during the warm up, yeah, you're not, you're going to have, you have your normal pedals, you have your clutch, your brake, your gas. You won't ever have to hit the brake. I hit the brake because I'm getting too close to this train. I'm like, damn it, trainer, we go faster. <laughs> so uh, apparently they are, um, there's no governors or anything like that. If, if I had continued to accelerate, I could have pushed it up even higher. So it was, uh, it was pretty, um, it, it was exciting. It was, it was That's a cool. lot, a lot of fun. Uh, it grips the ground like crazy. That, yeah, that was yeah. the thing that, that most really people, most me. people don't realize if you're dri- like, we're using capital D, if you're driving like that, it is physically taxing. Oh yeah. Mo- most people do oh, not yeah. appreciate how taxing it is to drive like that. So having done it now, um, I mean, I think the, I think the biggest challenges as a, as a total newbie to this, I, I, the biggest challenges I would envision for people who do this professionally would be two things. One, the heat, if it's really mm-hmm. hot, cause you're wearing a lot of gear, yeah. that helmet is thick and you really can't move. And so it's really stifling and it's compressed. Um, if you're claustrophobic, if you're extremely claustrophobic, it, the car might actually trigger people, I think. Um, because you're really, you're really tight in there. Um, the other thing I thought was for these races, you're on the track with 60 other cars, the mental processing of mm-hmm. where you're mm-hmm. at, where you're going, what the cars around you are doing. And you're, you're not just being a, you know, normal driving, you're a defensive driver. Your biggest jerks and idiots on the road are what you would call an, an assertive driver. What you do in these races is defined as aggressive driving. You are attacking the rest of the pack. It's a race. You want to beat them. No. And I think, yeah, not I mean, to be on a high horse, strain, but I think I can see that being huge. Yeah. Not to be on a high horse, but I think, I think most, I, I think a lot of people don't take normal driving seriously enough, like an hour and a half trip to go visit your in-laws that should be that you should be a little tired. And if you're not, I think either you're a really amazing driver 
or oh, thank you. you're not paying enough attention. Like you're not mm-hmm. paying attention. How many times have you heard some, and I'm not, I don't want to be, I'm not victim shaming here at all. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. But how many times people get into a crash um, and they say, oh, I, he came out of nowhere. Nobody comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You didn't see it because you weren't looking. That's I'm not blaming people who get blindsided by yeah. somebody that blows a light. Like that's not that's not my my goal right, there. But right. um, uh, that's typically I think that the the analysis it, when that kind of a situation happens, I came out of nowhere. It's it's because you weren't maybe looking enough. Not that you could have prevented it, or you know, I don't want to be um, mm-hmm. any kind of way about it. But yeah, it. it driving driving sh- like normal driving you're in a honda civic it should be a little taxing i think if you're doing it well right that's right. always been my that's always been my assertion but yeah that's super fun so i remember my old man did that same thing i think down in dover um when i was little i have i there's a picture of him but i don't i don't i remember like a flash i was really young mm-hmm. really cool experience though that's it was nice. yeah it was it was uh it was really cool um so I, um, I, I definitely got bit by the bug on that. I want to, I want to do it again <laughs> and I want to do it for longer and I want to do it without a trainer. And, and then you got, and then you got back in your car to drive home. You're like, oh man, actually I was you're doing um, 400 from the parking spot to the <laughs> gate because it feels too slow. <laughs> I actually, I, I feel like I got, I, I feel like my, my, my lead foot was satiated coming off the track. Yeah. I was actually pretty, pretty calm. Which yeah. I was not expecting. I was expecting the opposite, just like you're just saying. I was expecting yeah. the opposite coming home, but coming home, I was, I was mellow. And then, of course, I when did I get amped up? When I ran into another vigilante jackass who doesn't understand how the zipper <laughs> method works, and this idiot is straddling two lanes, and I let him know it as I passed him. You know, having to hug as the per, shoulder and honk at this jack wagon. As per refactored, uh, 34, 35. This is this, this is my this is my PSA. If I ever become a professional, he clearly stock is not a listener. Driver, if I ever become a professional driver, which is obviously a clear possibility now. I mean, I I, I, right. I have the natural talent. It's obvious. You, you drove you drove a car on a closed course Everybody, for twenty minutes. Clearly, said, you are qualified. It's written in the stars at this point. None of none of the none of this pit crew, the professional drivers who run the class. Nobody said anything to me. They all knew. I could see it. They they just I could see it on them that they knew. You know, they were seeing none of them said in the making, none of them said you weren't great. That's exactly. It's not about what they don't say. It's about what they don't, don't say. You know what I'm <laughs> not saying? I don't know what you're not saying. That's exactly. Honestly, right. I'm not lost at this point. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. So anyway, if I ever became a professional driver, which of course is now the inevitability, give me, give me some time. Give me a <laughs> week or two. Give me some, give me a week or two. I got to find a, a sponsor. I got to, I, you That's know, I got to line it up. So. When that happens, well, well, uh, uh, Fnatic is out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Screw those guys. <laughs> Screw those. Maybe guys. Dust Keyboard. Yeah. Or uh, I couldn't. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I couldn't. I couldn't Cooler do Master. Fnatic. I couldn't do Fnatic because when the car broke down, they claim it wasn't their their fault or their. <laughs> you part. didn't buy it from an so, authorized yeah, retailer. So I didn't buy it from an authorized <laughs> retailer, so you know that'd be shit out of luck. So when this happens, though, I'm going to do PSAs about the zipper method and how. You know, you should do this. And if you're actually straddling the line, you're not helping anybody. You're just a vigilante jerk who is actually making the problem worse. 
If you don't I like can see people the, you there you. with the fire suit, with the helmet, like under the crook yes. of your arm. Oh, totally. Yes. Hi, absolutely. you may recognize me. Uh, <laughs> I'm the man, you know, and love from your recent stock car racing. Yeah, you can't even do that. No, because nobody outside the hardcore fans, nobody recognizes these drivers. That's why they always wear the racing suits. They really should just put the guy in or on or around the car and go, hi, you know, the car is in the background the in my scenario. Car. In my scenario, the car is in that you're standing in front of the car oh. with the helmet under your arm. <laughs> you may recognize me as the driver, you know, and love Frank Cole. <laughs> Star Ascendant in the NASCAR <laughs> circuit. Sponsored by Cooler Master. That's right. Sponsored by Cooler Master and definitely not Fanatic. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> and get, then you wind okay. up on this 15-minute rant about how they wouldn't return your broken mouse. <laughs> the director's like, dude, we cut 12 minutes ago. What are you You're doing? off script. What is this? This is so off script. I'm gonna be the first. I'm gonna be the first driver with anti-sponsor. I'm actually gonna have a fanatic logo with like the circle, the red circle, the red line circle with the line. It. I'm gonna have anti-sponsorship. <laughs> is what I'm gonna do, and it's gonna be sponsored. Like the, so, the anti-sponsorship in that case would be sponsored. Is a committee of their competitors. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. This anti-fanatic is sponsored by HyperX. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, but gosh. Oh, my gosh. We need more PSAs about zipper methods. I am so sick of these vigilantes. They make traffic worse for everybody. It's awful. Uh, the other thing I wonder, I wonder if you weren't, uh, because one of the other things, a, a, a high, a, many people haven't driven like a really high performance vehicle. I don't realize mm -hmm. how well they hug the road. Oh, right. And yes. how much traction they have. And you feel every little gnat that you hit with yep. that car. You feel it. Yep. Um. So that may have been part of your like not being hyper on the way out is like, oh, wow, this modern, nice, <laughs> you know, sedan or SUV, whatever it is, is really squishy feeling. All oh, this is this doesn't feel safe. It was so. Uh, so some interesting. I wonder stuff. I wonder if like sub cycle, like if that was part of the, you know, the, the uh, according to the uh, according to my experience and then the, the, the teachers, the the part that everyone has trouble on uh, if they're new is the turns because yeah. you're taking these turns at extremely high speed and you're used to a normal vehicle that you would not be able literally you to take able that to turn. It. it would roll the vehicle. And so you and are And the other thing that a lot of people do is they, they break through the turn rather than approaching it. Right. Which is not how, yeah, not right. how and the they, and they, So they spent a lot of time talking about the turns. They actually had markers yeah. laid out for, okay, here's where you lay off and then here's where you step on. And- mm -hmm. Uh, they they talked about all that kind of stuff, but they said the hardest, you know, people have trouble. They get nervous because they're afraid they're going to roll the vehicle. And that's why they recommend doing the ride along because in the ride along, you get the G forces and you feel it and yeah. you hear it. You can, and, and the driver says, okay, now I'm accelerating. Now I'm laying off. Mm -hmm. Now I'm kind of sitting tight. Now I'm punching it. And, and, you know, he uses hand signals to explain that. Uh, and so it makes a big difference. And yeah, it hugs the road really well. The other thing that I thought was interesting was that it, um, at low speeds, it's really bumpy and noisy. As you go faster and get much higher, the ride smooths out. Smooths and it out gets because quiet. of all the downforce. It's, you got yeah. all the downforce and the car, the car wants that downforce. And so it pushes it down and it gets really smooth and really tight. And, uh, it becomes a, it actually becomes a better ride at higher yeah. speeds. Um, 
but yeah, it was, it was a really good time. If you, it, you take a weekend, it's, it's not, it's not prohibitively expensive. It's a few hundred bucks, depending on how many laps you want to do. It's a few hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something you're going to do every weekend, but definitely worth, you know, taking the ride out there and Pocono Speedways. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. So I, I, I recommend that. Um, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, I've got clips and all the, all that good stuff here. I got videos and, um, well, I mean, you heard some of the videos So they've got, I've got like a, I've got a forward front, I've got a hood cam and then I've got a dash cam, like live stream oh, okay. of both. <clears throat> so you get to take away the, the recording. That's cool. So I got the recording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll probably put a clip of it up on, up online. It was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, all right. So I had, did you see the new, um, also staying off target for just a minute. Did you see the new, um, I love being off target Marvels, the new Marvel Shang-Chi legend of the 10 rings. Did you see that yet? No, not yet. No. Okay. Uh, recommended. It was fun. <clears throat> fit. Yep. Um, yeah. It fit the, fit the Marvel formula. It was a good time. Uh, some fun, some fun cameos. It's got, you know, you're seeing, I, I'm seeing some of the, some of the setup on where they're going. You can mm-hmm. sort of, you know, now that you know the, without the, the with, grand scheme, without spoilers, mm-hmm. without spoilers, I'm curious if there are subtle or obvious or no ties to any of the three uh, mini series they ran over the spring and summer, Wanda, Falcon and Winter Soldier, <clears throat> and Loki. There is whether a- any of that ties in at all. I without. Didn't- I I get it. I didn't see anything overt to any of those. Mm -hmm. I did see where the Venn diagram overlap is going to exist between it and this, the story premise of Eternals, as I understand it. Mm, I've seen, I've seen the previews. I know the basics of what it's talking about. And so I can, which is the next one due in what early November. So it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's coming sometime soon. Um, but, um, so yeah, the movie was good. Okay. I would I would recommend it. Uh, Aquafina is a much better actress than she has business being with that ridiculous name. But uh, you know, I don't know if you know who Aquafina mm-hmm. is, but it's it's no Aquafina, idea. Yeah, it's a, a, a singer, and she spells just like the water bottle, but instead of it's like A W. No, I thought you were going to go off on something about like product placement. Just no, then. I, no, I no, she, this no, this no. genius actually named herself after a product because reasons I, oh, yeah, okay. but she's a, she's actually a fairly good, funny actress, just a terrible name in my opinion, a terrible okay. stage name. Um, at least I'm, I didn't even look, you know what? I should probably double check Aquafina. that. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm 90% sure I'm going to leave 10% that her parents are really really bad at their job and (laughs) then named her that um i just think it's a terrible stage name but that's just me um but anyway the reason i brought this up there was a preview of eternals and i had to go back and double check it i hadn't realized this so um uh richard madden and kit harrington are back together again i don't know if you know who they are so kit harrington and richard madden both from game of thrones uh richard madden was rob stark and Kit Harrington was Jon Snow. They basically played brothers for a, a good mm-hmm. portion of the uh, of the series. Um, Richard Madden is one of the Eternals, and Kit Harrington is, I think he's just a Joe Blow human. I'm not sure what his story mm-hmm. is, but he's a main character, who non-eternal oh, okay. main character, non-superhero supporting character. And 
uh, yeah, it was just funny to see those two together again. You know, it's it's uh, it's like these two are like the UK version of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. They just just keep finding each other, it seems. Um, okay. So I thought that was funny. But, uh, you know, if you like either of those, I'm looking forward to Eternals regardless. But anything with Kit Harrington is good. I mean, oh, Kit- I have Aquafina. I have I have seen her in a couple of things. Mm-hmm. She was the yeah. voice of the dragon in uh, Raya. She's, she's and the pretty dragon. She is. She's really she's funny. funny. I like her timing. I like her yeah. timing. I like her timing. I, her 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 uh, her voice tone and inflection has a real good yeah. comedic element to it. She's good at. She's it. like the. She's, she's like the. Uh, she's like the female H. John Benjamin. To That's not, a good way. Yes. Not quite to that level. Yes. But, but all along that same yes. kind of. Yeah. I and yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. She's definitely got yeah. some of that natural funny that H. John yeah. Benjamin has. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, which since we're since we're in the, since we're drinking in the sidebar, sidebar, right, uh, Archer came <laughs> back, and it's actually much better. This season is much better than the Dream World bullcrap that they of that what they oh, put of, on um, us previously. Archer, you mean Archer? I am yeah. I am I'm behind. I only got to like season three. I need to catch up. Oh, okay. I'm a, I'm like there's a couple. There's a couple later on where they do Archer Dream World, where it's just a bunch of kind of uncreative recycled garbage that kind of mm. happens outside of canon mm. uh and i am not really that impressed with it but since mm. they came back it's been it's uh, been better it's been much better kind of a return to return to basics in in some degree so gotcha uh and if you're looking for if you're looking for a tv new tv show to binge watch i just finished binging um the good place on netflix oh that's, that's a good series it's really good and I'm anything michael sure Anything Michael Shore is phenomenal, <laughs> and Good Place is right up there. Good Place was excellent, and I was a philosophy major, and this thing is just philosophy meets sitcom-ish. Oh, yeah. it was a, it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of deep philosophy stuff that some of it I hadn't touched since college. So that was it was really yeah. interesting and kind of weird to see these deeper philosophical theories. Like the, the, so you know, I have the best... Oh yeah. And just like presented and, and the way that they weave that through, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's really good. That's mm-hmm. really good. I like it. I, I, anything Michael short, uh, the office, uh, nine, nine, it's all, it's all fantastic. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's stuff. all fantastic. Uh, so speaking of TV, cause I have a segue here. Um, have you seen, um, mythic quest? Um, that was in, well, mythic quest was actually a, th- Mythic Quest is so the that's name a, of a thing in in Great Wolf Lodge. It's like a kid's game that they you buy a wand and then you go around and do all these magical stations. There's it's actually so called it's Mythic also Quest. the name it's it's also the name of a TV show. I think it's by the Apple Studio. It's now okay. they've they're two. I think they've got two seasons down. Um, I have not seen this. No. It's it's Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day created it uh, from Always Sunny. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but it's. Rob McElhenney is the creator of a an MMORPG. That's um, the, this is the premise of the if story. You've seen, yes, and if you've seen the uh, the the older now it's pretty old, I guess in internet terms, uh, web ser- web miniseries, The Guild with Felicia mm-hmm. Day. Oh man, that it's was basically, a great show. So so The Guild and Always Sunny. It's basically Mac does the Guild, um, but it's. It's not. I don't love it. I'm only a few. I'm. A, it's. It's net. Like I said, it's two seasons in now. I'm only a couple episodes in. I don't love it, but mm-hmm. I like it. I really do like it. Hmm. Um, if only for the acting and just the setting. If you're. If you're in gaming, like you're. If you like the guild, I know you're into WoW. Uh, mm-hmm. I would. I would give it a go. All right, I'll give them the it a go. It is. 
it does have some pretty because it's inside like it's about the it's about the team the 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 team leads the leadership of the game company mm-hmm. um and the game is called mythic quest it's like the wow of the, right the, right you know, right um and it's, it's got some it's got some funny stuff i wonder there. if they capture uh, the 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 raw essence of 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 pompous douchebaggery that a lot of these uh that a lot of these game devs have, especially in the MMO space. They're so your homework for tonight is to watch episode <laughs> one season of season one. I'm not going to say anything. Um, Cause the player is always a moron and doesn't know what they're talking about until the subscriptions start to decline. And then the players are geniuses. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> give anything away, but they basically mock every facet of the industry, including the streamers. Good. And it, I'm, just, I'm are, not going to say anything else. Streamers it's, are. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. All right. I'll check it out. You, this sounds your, good. Your homework for tonight is season one, episode one. All right. Um, but speaking speaking of MMOs, it, has there been any update to a Dominion of Conquest or whatever the, the raid was, the lag issues? I have not from seen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. From nothing our yet. last conversation. I have not. I really else, want confirmation that we got it right. Nothing that's, is all gonna, I, that's all I care about. I know. Nothing is going to probably come out about it i mean they may they may issue another update um i doubt that they'll put out a high tech um discussion i'm keeping an eye out yeah. for something but uh so far uh you think they'll just say at some point hey we fixed it and that'll be well i think the they're it. i think what they've already said is probably going to be the end of it hey we know it's a problem and we know you know we've 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 um compensated for it as much as we can in this particular instance. And it's just something that we'll look out for to avoid in our foundational design in the future, I think is, is what it's going to come out to be. I mean, really they got blasted because the fight was 15 minutes long. And so for something that you Mm -hmm. sit there and you, you know, you don't necessarily do it all in one go. So if you give it a shot and then you, you know, you wipe and you got to do it again, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. And so, uh, I, I doubt that they will go for something that epically long again in the future. Because you said that like the like the boss at the end of a typical raid is like five minutes. Is five. that true of the other like end game content yeah. as well? Yeah, most I mean, okay, most so this, of the, I mean, the so this biggest, is substantially the biggest, most epic stuff caps out, at, I think, between eight and ten minutes. I, I would have to go okay. and I would have to look at an actual list to see what the, you know, right, you know, content by like content, ranking. which one? Yeah. Which ones were the longest? I think eight, somewhere between eight and 10 minutes was the absolute limit. And this one just blows those, right? It's not like they beat it by 30 seconds. You know, they added yeah. was minutes it, to like, it. Was it at least cool slash worth it? Or was it just kind of like, this is just taking it forever? Felt, yeah. I got to say no, actually the first two, um, the, the, the first it's, it's three stages. The first stage was really boring and, could have been completely scrapped. I'll be honest. Or shortened, cut in half. You could have cut the first section in mm-hmm. half. Um, so that felt kind of boring. The second section was clever from a story perspective. You know, you're actually chasing. You know, she she's sort of running away. There's another bad guy that the main the, the bad guy you're fighting is protecting, and so you know you're chasing the big bad guy, and she's trying to slow you down from chasing the big bad guy, and so it's um. It, it, story story wise it's cool mechanics wise nah uh and then the final mm. phase is a nice uh it, it's a nice burn you know good technical execution you got to have you know precise movement and things like that which is what you want that's that's kind of that's that's the fun part where yeah. it's okay you got to go over here and then you got to do this we, you call it the dance and you you got to learn the moves right. to the dance and um yeah but, but no, i, mean, I have not seen kind of makes mmos else. unique right yeah yeah that's the i mean to that's the degree. thing 
Yeah, that's the uh, yeah. that's the thing that makes them neat. So, um, I'll keep I'm keeping an eye out for updates, but I haven't seen anything yet. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. I think we're right. I do. I I think we're probably right, um, or at least close. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're going to. So I think I saw something interesting uh, the other day. I everybody's probably tired of us showing each other things on the camera every week, even though Mm. this is, you know, like an audio discussion. I mean, we could put Um, screenshots up. but I don't know. Mm. I don't feel like doing extra work. You know, like I'm just lazy. (laughs) We do have it down pretty well. We do have it down pretty well. We got got, a pretty good. We got finally got the audio. I got the audio balanced pretty good. I have to do a couple post steps. It's generally mm-hmm. pretty good. I got to find a snarky clip where I sound hilarious and you sound stupid. And then I just kind of push it up there. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then I make you sound like a buffoon in the in the episode description. Something mm-hmm. like so that. So we kind of balance yeah, each other yeah, out. It just kind of keeps it. It's like a mutually assured destruction kind of thing. Not too stupid. Right. Right. You know, not in anyone. Destroying each other every week. Yeah. Right. So right. the but the fact that it's video, though, I saw um, I saw an abstract from a paper from the American Psychology Association. I think it's okay. American Psychological Association. I forget. APA is the, the acronym. Um, there is some evidence to suggest that Zoom fatigue is actually a, a real phenomenon. I believe um, it. And. Yeah, and and disproportionately impacts um, different people. Um, so it's not it's it the the stress apparently of the video uh, video conferencing solution is not spread evenly. I've I mean, when I started, we, we went to business together almost a decade ago, and it's been all video all the time. Right? Right, We're yeah, talking, I'm, we see each other because my attitude exhausted. is if. If we were in the office, we would be seeing each other. It's not right. a, like, why, why is this any different? Right. Um, I agree. And I understand there's different perspectives on that. Um, and I still, I still run my team. I still expect like, if we're on meetings, your camera's on because that, that yep. nonverbal communication is really important. Not just, not just to communicate the thing, but also to connect and to establish and maintain kind of a, a feeling of connection and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, as soon as I can get a hold of a full copy of the report, I'm actually I w- was thinking um, and I'm you know, I'm on I'm on meetings like all day long, mm-hmm. um, all day, every day, practically. Um, and. Most of my team is not quite I mean, management's obviously more meeting heavy, but contributors, you know, it's maybe a couple hours a week in total. Um, but the article caused me to kind of reevaluate my priors and think maybe like maybe every some period of time we have like a like a no camera day or something right just mm-hmm. and my thought is it doesn't cost me anything to do and you know i'm not going to feel it the way somebody else might and so maybe there's like a maybe there's like a no video break day with some right not maybe it's not every week or you know uh more often than once a year but it, it's some some frequency um, I thought about playing around with that idea and just seeing what the reaction is from, from people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know well, if you've run across this in Europe. Cause I know you've got a larger remote team. I think my company is bigger, but I think your team that's remote is bigger. So I don't know if you've danced in this water before. Yeah, uh, you know, we haven't done a no remote day. Um, we, I mean, because it's client facing work, it's pretty much a requirement all the time, uh, for, for, for them. Um, even, you know, we encourage people to have them on even, uh, especially, excuse me, when the client has their cameras off, 
because of the effect it has on uh, perception. Like it, 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 it's it's positive bonus points when you're mm-hmm. when you're the only person with the camera on. Um, yeah, it just it just makes a difference. It leaves an impact. So mm-hmm. um, I'd be curious to read, especially the- when you put a shirt on. Yeah, <laughs> I've had I've I've a b. I've done A-B trials of this and, and people overwhelmingly, the feedback is more positive Prefer while shirting. The shirt. Prefer the shirt? Okay. Yeah. All I right. didn't expect that. You know, no. I figured it was a oh, toss yeah. up, but no, there is a clear preference <laughs> and, you know, society, man, what are you going to do? <laughs> so what's that? I mean, what's I haven't A-B'd, I haven't A-B'd pants though, you know, so I haven't, I haven't how, bought new how pants How many in cameras many years. do you have and where are they pointed at? You know what? I don't want to know. Don't tell you me. know what? That's private, Frank. <laughs> yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly you should probably not have a camera there. So what's the rationale for what is the actual symptoms or cause of this burnout? Forget who it affects. Like, what is the actual why or what or how? My understanding is that it's it's two interlinked phenomena. Uh, and, you know, we love philosophy, uh, uh, psychology on this show. Uh, one is uh, what's called the spotlight effect. Um, where everybody, and this is sort of a psychological bias that is inbuilt to humans, where mm-hmm. we think everybody is looking at us all the time. So ah. if my hair's not quite right, or my clothes don't fit right, or some other weird thing is wrong, or I'm going to go do something, I'm self-conscious about it. The, re- the self-consciousness comes from the assumption that everybody's watching you. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that they're mm-hmm. watching and downstream of that, that they really care about what it looks like that you're doing. Um, and this this so-called spotlight effect, and we'll link it in the show notes, um, is is basically a cognitive bias uh, that is that is asymmetric to reality, I'll say in, in a generic sense. The other thing, um, and so that's one thing, right? When you're when you're on the camera, when the little LED light is on. Uh, you know you're on camera, you think everybody's looking at you all the time, and that gets in people's heads. Now, why that's different than being in a conference room, I think it probably actually is different because if everybody's looking generally towards or into their camera, then it kind of looks like everybody's looking at you, even though probably nobody actually, right? Like everybody's looking for Everybody's looking in a conference room is the way that I always thought of exactly, it. Exactly. I mean, I exactly. Can s- um, but cycle again, we're talking about like like subconscious psychology here. I think that ramps up the spotlight effect to some degree because you can't like your brain can't prove they're not looking at you. And so, um, you know, we know we all know in the refactored show how much we like to play with double negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, the other we thing that comes in, like it. we we definitely don't not unlike <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> uh, so so the spotlight effect is part of it. And the other thing is that is that people are not used to looking at themselves. So when you've got the camera on in a Zoom, specifically Teams, it like minimizes you to a corner. But Zoom by default, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I like the, uh, what do they call it? The grid view, the pan, I call it the Brady Bunch view. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see yourself just as well as everybody else. And it unnerves people to be seen seeing themselves with their self, self, self. You know, there's a there's a there's a loop there that causes them pressure, you know, a, a mental, emotional pressure, uh, the anxiety because they're not used to looking at themselves um, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, we've talked about this before. Um, you should record yourself in a meeting and listen back to it yeah. the next day. Yep. Get over the fact that you hate the way you sound because you don't sound the way you think you sound. And then you can start to improve mm-hmm. these little verbal tics and everything else. 
um, similar on camera. You're not used to looking at yourself and a lot of people there's a there's a reaction to it. And and it just even if it's not a negative reaction, there's still this weird cognitive dissonance because you're not used to being able to see yourself as you speak to someone and as you gesticulate and, and so on and so forth. And so part of it's that and part of it's the spotlight effect. And that's sort of what the paper says. These two things combined. Um, and I think part of it may be additional. Like, I don't know if they try to tease apart psychological stress because it's a pandemic and people are not used to working from home and all of the other, all the other craziness going on. I don't know if that's, if that's uh, impacting it one way or the other, but those are the two things I think that they called out. They, they, oh, so they didn't even, they didn't even go there about, you know, the where and how of, you know, why. So I picked this article up like a week and a half ago and mm -hmm. I meant to talk about it. We never did. And so I'm, I'm stretching my memory here. Um, okay. I don't want to well, speak we can go back turn, and but it. I don't, I don't, I don't remember a discussion. I, they did speak to it, but I forget what the rationale was. Hmm. Um, but my thought is like, because I've been very vocal and very uh, assertive about the whole camera thing. Uh, my thought is like, you know, it probably doesn't cost me anything to do like a, a camera free camera break, whatever you call it, camera cation day every so often as a, as a, not, I don't want to say concession, but you know, like just to do right by people that maybe really don't love it and don't like it um even if most of those folks you know aren't aren't in a lot of meetings um it, so i'm just i'm curious if you if no you had, i mean we haven't we haven't about talked this. about it i am um i have a hard time just getting my team to a to 100 percent camera usage a lot of them just opt to turn it off a lot of the time when i would prefer that they would have it on and so i'm 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 just trying to get people to use it more uh, one mm -hmm. thing I have seen the team do that I think kind of fits is sort of uh, spot decision making about turning it off. So if there is a meeting that is a recurring thing, you're not the focus, you're not directly involved right now. Somebody else is talking and they're talking to someone else on the meeting and you're just kind of in the background, a bit player. You could turn the camera off at that point, even if it's just for a few minutes. And so you, instead of getting a big formal pre-planned day thing you just spot opportunities okay i don't need to have the camera on here turn it off okay great if sign that you have too many people at your meetings and that your meetings are not effective well it could be that That's would be my hot take yeah no i i get why you'd have that reaction because the case, reason they're turning it off is because they're doing something else and they don't want anybody it's really obvious when you're and i've gotten to the point you and i've worked remote for so long i know whether there's camera even if it's just a phone call I know if somebody's actively engaged or if they're answering email on the side or IMing on the side, right? It's 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 even more obvious on camera. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I in for some of the people, I have I have, I have a decent sized team. I've got over thirty people, and so there are certainly some of that. Uh, I do that when I'm um, I need to get up and close my door, or I have a I have a fridge in my office and uh, I want to grab a drink out of my fridge before I do that. I'll turn the camera off and then I get up, yeah. I go do the thing. Alternately, you could wear pants, but, you know, <laughs> so that is also an option. Uh, instead, I just turn the camera off because that's obviously mm -hmm. much more convenient to me. So in those kinds of cases, you know, I'm, I utilize that as well. But when I get back, I try and turn the, the camera back on. Um, mm -hmm. I, but I know that some having talked with some of the people, I know that part of it is just, yeah, I didn't need to be on the camera right there. So I just turned it off. I had been on camera all day. And so I think it's, 
I think it's some of that compensating for the right. the camera fatigue. And I know that mm-hmm. feeling. Like I get done with a meeting and it's just the you know, camera goes off and you just go, oh, finally, you know, you just sit back and you're not, uh, you know, you, you, you let your gut hang back out and just, you know, you're, you're done sitting up straight and trying to trying to flex the whole time. I'm kidding. Hey, 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 no personal attacks here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I, this is just my personal routine. I'm not speaking for anyone else. This is just my personal routine. Uh, so I, I get, I get the, uh, I get the, the tired factor for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, it's just, it's so, it's so important that, you know, I try and have it on as much as I can. And, you know, when no. I'm, when I don't need it, I try and avoid it. If it's a one-on-one meeting, yeah. um, I find it's more tiring in larger settings than it is in smaller settings. I'm not sure why. See, I don't notice a difference. I like yeah. if I'm if I'm in the office, everybody's seeing me all the time, regardless if I turn away. Like I don't to me it's it's not I guess it's a different mindset. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's no accounting for taste. I'm not I'm not saying bad or good or it's just right. Just different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I get it. Uh yeah. so no what I will have- do though, I will make a habit like if we're in the middle, especially well, almost only internal. I will say only exclusively internal calls. Um, if we're in the middle of a call and it's, you know, it's like an hour long meeting and I need more coffee, I will switch over to mobile because I have my head, mm-hmm. uh, um, my headphones, I can switch over to Bluetooth real easy. So I'll go to my phone, turn the video on and just keep my headphones and I'll just go walk over and make a cup of coffee and come back. Everybody can see me. I'm still on video. Mm-hmm. They know I'm engaged because they can see me being engaged, mm-hmm. but they know like, and it's, Partially because I want to set the example of my camera is on and partially to because my house is a mess because I got three kids and I'm lazy. Right. So everything's always a mess all the time. Um, Partially to set the example like everything doesn't have to look perfect and that's okay. And part to show like, look, I'm engaged. That doesn't mean I have to have my butt in a seat and my hands on the keyboard. Right. Like you can walk away. I can take a call while I'm driving to the grocery store because that's something I have to do because the kid needs food or, you know, whatever else. This, I, I often, t- not often, but sometimes I will, um, like the night before a team meeting, I'll send out an email and say, hey, uh, weather in my area is going to be nice tomorrow. I invite everybody who is willing and able to do so. Come on a walk with me and I'll take, uh, you know, I'll take the phone and, and I'll just walk around, oh, do a lap clever. around the neighborhood, like a half an hour walk. Um, I have cells. Not everybody has cell service that will support a video call on a walk in their area, but I'm, I'm blessed with that. So, um, you know, I'll do and I'll try to mix things in um, to set the example that like we're working from home, that that means something different. It's not just doing everything you always do in the office like you're at your home. That changes the dynamic as long as you're being productive and engaged, as long as you care and I know you care, then we're not going to have any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I often often I will do stuff like that just to set an example that this is okay. You know, you don't have to feel trapped. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because I still think I, I having the camera on, I think is really important. And when it's off, everyone assumes that you're not paying attention. That's not you're picking your nose. You're on the toilet or you're, you're not paying nose, attention. You're not, the, you're not paying attention. You're watching TV in the back. You know, you've got Netflix yeah. open in the other window and, you know, you're watching TV. And yeah. You just want to be, you know, you're, you're checking the, the box. trick is the trick is to put the Netflix window right under your webcam. And then it looks like you're looking at the people. Yeah. Until you laugh. But what you're really doing is until watching you laugh next at the Yeah. Until you <laughs> laugh at the most 
inopportune moment though, then, then you're, then you're in trouble. (laughs) You got to be careful with your, in the car too. Uh, I remember one time I, I hot mic'd myself yelling at a really, really bad driver who almost caused an accident. And I thought Mm -hmm. I was muted and I, and I wasn't muted. And you know, (laughs) I didn't swear. I didn't swear, but it was kind of just out of nowhere. It was one of those kinds of things. And then, you know, the whole conversation stopped. What was that? You okay, Frank? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Sorry. My my bad. My bad. So I will intentionally, um, I love, uh, uh, what is it? It's Android. It's called auto. Apple's called CarPlay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Android with the, the, the heads up on, the, on this. I love that. And, and I will just keep it muted because it's just a tap to mute and unmute with that interface, right. at least yep. on, on the Apple side. Um, I always keep myself muted in the one for just road noise, uh, but I think it's good enough to filter that out. But secondly, so that if like I crash and die, nobody has to have the psychological burden of having heard somebody actively dying die. with like a piece of metal, <laughs> you know, sticking out of their chest or something. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a politeness thing. I think <laughs> it's a politeness thing. I am actively dying at this very moment. <laughs> oh man. I, um, Apple CarPlay and the Android auto, I'd say they're, I, I, I give them like a, like a C in terms of usability because that's because you have Android. No, 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 no. Stick with me here. Sorry. Uh, I just wanted to start a flame war. Before I, I the day yeah. is Clear, up. Clearly <laughs> and clearly you're wrong. So the problem with these, with these products is because they tie into the car. Now they fall into the same bucket as all this other big brother, over excessive safety nonsense, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you're li- so? It, it limit. Well, it limits which apps you can use. It limits uh, in certain apps, it'll turn screens off. I don't know about you, but in my car, certain settings I can't use if the car is moving. I can't do certain things in the car if the car is moving. Um, I can't. You're trying to do your taxes on the highway? No, like, but that's, that's exactly my that's exactly my point. I am a grown ass adult. I do not need these systems to tell me what I can and can't do on the road. I know I've got to keep mm-hmm. you know eyes on the road, ten and two, and all that kind of stuff. If I want to push a freaking button and pull up, you know, my email. And look at my email or even a text because a lot of them don't even show text messages. They'll do the audio narration mm-hmm. of a text, but th- you can't actually see the text, which, mm-hmm. you know, d- honestly, that narration kind of sucks, especially with text messages and using shorthand and things like that. So, you know, I feel like the, the car safety measures go way, way over the top. Yeah, I wonder with, if it's, this kind of I stuff. do, I do wonder in that case, if it's you versus me or if it's Android versus iOS or if it's something else. Well, this um, is me versus cars it, they, in general. This is the, not the iPhone does the same thing. Like you only, like the app has to support CarPlay. Right. It's not it like, because Android Auto, I think it shows everything, but you just can't nope. do stuff. Android Auto, no, or, it limits uh, it. Uh, CarPlay. Yeah. You only see the stuff that has CarPlay and it's tailored for that. Ex- so same messages. with Auto. Auto tailors. It will it. read. It's it's reading and dictation only. I've never had a pro. I think it's a. I think it's a lovely experience. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that okay, it's my phone. I've got it plugged in. If I want to pull up an app here, that putting aside a compatibility issue, which is a technicality. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm putting that aside. But in re, if, in theory, should there really be any compatibility issues? Because effectively, what I have is a bigger screen in my car. That's really all it yeah. is. So why can't well, I, I think, just look at my stuff? Well, so, but think about the PR. Think about the PR of uh, of Google allowing you to just stream Lord of the Rings well, exactly. into your cars. Like, 
That's, that's exactly that's exactly my point. That is exactly my point is that we're we're so caught up in this optic stuff. And so we end up we end up making a lot of decisions for people and people, you know, it's it's your it's a personal decision. I think I said it earlier. You're a grown ass adult. Use your head. Don't do stupid stuff. And, you know, if what's illegal is already illegal. I think you're not even I think you're not allowed to watch videos, even if, you know, people do aftermarket customizations of their car so that they can watch videos that's still illegal mm-hmm. and if you get caught doing it you get a fine for that you know yeah yeah i i, I there's it, it's this is a i mean this is a this is a personal pet peeve of mine because uh and and i know that i'm well prom- but if you want to so i guess i but but again it's it's a tailored experience for a specific use case because if you're and i have done this before i pull up as the light is turning yellow and i know it's a long light I have picked up my phone and and looked at a text right. message or or whatever. Um, I mean, hell, you for can a long still light, do you that. Stop watching a YouTube video for some of the lights right <laughs> in my area. Seriously, I don't know like how long minute light. how long those lights are. Um, but like the phone is still there, and you can still do that stuff. So I don't. It's like okay, I'm getting, I'm getting an experience tailored for a particular situation, and that dictates certain limitations. Like I don't have a. I, I guess I don't have a philosophical problem, but I also don't have an implementation issue. Like I it doesn't not work for me the way that they've designed it. So that might be part of it too. Like if, if the way that they're tailoring it doesn't work for you, then that's going to add on to your already cantankerous take. Well, I mean, you can put aside Apple CarPlay and Android Auto entirely. It's actually kind of obscuring the issue for me because look oh. at, so I, I'll give you a simpler example. Uh, all yeah. cars now come with backup cameras. And that is now mm-hmm. mandated. All cars have backup cameras. Well, the backup cameras all automatically shut off after you start moving beyond a certain speed limit. My my car actually has a forward camera and a rear camera, and it has those little top-down cameras that are really awesome for parking. They have these fisheye mm-hmm. lenses. They make it look like you've got this satellite view of your car. So under the side view mirrors. Yeah. Under the side view mirrors, mm-hmm. yeah. Phenomenal. I, I yeah. freaking love that technology. And the newer ones, you see, have you seen like the 360 where they yes, interpolate and do like... That's yeah, what I've got. Okay. It's, it's okay. all the way around mm-hmm. the car. It it's kind of cool. cool. It's, it's kind of cool. Awesome. Why can't I have that on all the time? Why, if I want to have that on and see the lines of paint zipping past me at sixty miles an hour, why can't I do that? Why? And and who 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 are you to say I am or am not capable of driving while these cameras are are enabled? This is the kind of. Yeah, you know, this is the kind of safety overreach that I'm that I'm talking about here. Well, know? that is that a safety thing or is that just a like we want to keep the UI, the UX as simple as possible and giving you a million options all of the time means that when it's most appropriate to have those options available, it's more difficult to get to them. Mm-hmm. Cuz I would agree with you in that in that like if we're grounding this in that specific example, I don't necessarily see how that would be a safety issue to have that 360 view. Just if you wanted that to be open all the time, just that's the only thing you see on that screen. I don't see why that would be problematic. Yeah, exactly. And yet in all these systems, they all, they all auto off They you know, um, in my car, some of the nav, some of the settings, if you go deep enough into mm-hmm. the navigation, into the configurations for, all sorts of random stuff. You go deep enough in the menus, the menus auto off unless the car is uh, in park. 
So that's that's one. Uh, I was at a light the other day, and uh, car thinks it's time for an oil change, and so a little a little icon comes up as an alert in the panel, and I click it, and it says, "Oh, sorry, we can't read you these service bulletins." What you know, while the car is in gear, I was like, "Well, you're going to read it to me. It's audio. How's that different from a text message through CarPlay?" So, I mean, I, I guess your I guess your core I guess your core consideration is they are artificially limiting features in certain situations and your suspicion is that they're doing it just because of the optics of safety. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly my point. That's, that's exactly my point. You know, there's a, you know, there, there's a dividing line, I think that, you know, and it's a slippery slope. If you keep, you know, if you keep going down this safety thing, well, I mean, you get far enough where it's like, well, you can't actually drive the car because it's not safe. You know, I, it's an extreme. I get it. But, you know, using using some absurdity here to illustrate the absurd, you know, this this safety. Well, that's stuff already I mean, that's been done. Way that's been far. done for a very long time. If you look at um, if you look at, for example, uh, like breathalyzers. Right. There are kits. There are kits that the state can mandate you install uh, so that you have to pass a breathalyzer before you before you turn the vehicle on. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, you have somebody. Okay. So there, I'm actually kind of okay because you have somebody who's already proven that they don't have, you know, they have demonstrated a lack of um, self control. And see, it's funny. It's funny because I actually go to the other extreme. I sit like, because I know, and I'm not in the habit of routinely comparing one culture to another because that's often a very useless, fruitless exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, But my understanding is that. Uh, it is the case in a lot of places in Europe where if you get a DUI, you lose your license for good. Like there's no top, like it's oh, just it's like gone. Zero strike That's it. You're out thing. Yeah. To be honest with you, like I'd, I'd be kind of into that because that mm. to me seems like the right arbitrary place to draw the line to make it clear that as a society, this is not, this is not accepted. Right. You know? Right. I mean, yeah. Cause you're, ki- I mean, you're killing people. That's, I mean, that's a, at the end of the day, you're killing people. Um, yeah, I think we're dancing a little too close into politics there. So, so yeah, I guess maybe. I guess I don't have as fundamental. And by the way, it like when when your son is old enough to drive, is he? I mean, what is the what is the, what is it going to look like? Self driving cars are anymore? not going to exist. I'm calling it right now. Self driving cars are not going to be a thing. No, I I I think they will be. I, have, I think they I, will. I eh, okay, yeah. Couple because you're talking what he he's four. Hold yeah, he's four. Yeah. Here's the deal. So you're talking 12 years. Yeah. Hold on a second. So I was actually thinking about this and I'm in a position without discussing clients. I'm in a position to know a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'll leave it at that. There are, there's a reason that all these self-driving cars happen out in beautiful, sunny California. They don't get snow. Because the roads are straight. The roads are and straight. They don't get snow. They don't get snow. Yeah. The roads are uh, the, wider. The, the lanes wider. They are wider. They're in better condition they a lot of times. F- they have been mapped, yeah. uh, planned out far better uh, than stuff on the East Coast. Uh, understandably, you know, we we you know. Well, that's also driving evolved so as we some of that's west. a little bit of retconning. Some of that's a little retconning because that's also where tech is. So let's be clear yeah, that it's not only that they would. Yeah. No, I don't buy it because you you would want to 
if you want this to become a ubiquitous thing, it has to work everywhere. And the only places they do it are places that have nice, clear, sunny weather that, you know, and things that do not obscure the roads. These things cannot handle snow. They can't because okay, that's, snow- that's great. That's great. But that doesn't mean they're not going to be generally available in 12 years. Yeah, and but then when general- it snows, they say you have to drive it because we can't. Okay, so you're suggesting that there's a that cars have better and better self-driving options that under certain conditions go, we're out, you got to drive it yourself. That's what you're suggesting? This is, so I think it's going to be progressive. I think first it's, you know, Tesla's autopilot or whatever, that when you're sitting there and your hands are already on the wheel and your eyes are forward, it will do stuff for you or whatever. And I think you see a progression where- It kind of does that now. I think you see a progression where it's able to do- in, in clear conditions, so perfectly granted, because there's a lot of things that can impact this, in, in good conditions, it's able to and will start automatically doing more and more and more. Ten years ago, you didn't have nearly as many vehicles that could do forward collision detection and prevention. Right. Right. So True. my car, yeah. there's a particular right near the gas station near my house. There's a particular side road I take to get back to my house. And it's got this it's like a little 15 mile an hour through a through a, a planned neighborhood. And there's a really sharp curve in this 15 mile an hour zone. And there's always a Hummer parked right at the corner. My van, the the family van, always thinks I'm going to hit this Hummer whenever I come home from the gas station. And half the time will slam on the brakes for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not close to it. The road curves. I'm not going to hit this guy's Hummer. Like, come on now. Um, But I think, but 10 years ago. A minivan would not have had that, right? And I think you'll see this progression where it's going to do more and more and more of the time. And yeah, there are certain cases where it it can't. Um, I think our kids, you know, the ages of our kids, what, mine are, mine are six, four and like nine months. Yours are, what, eight and four? Eight and four. Yep. Um, I think they will still go and get a driver's license and they'll be able to drive and there will be cars that are not self-piloted. But I think before before we get before our kids pry our licenses away from us because we're senile, I think you will have a state where only the wealthy people can still drive cars because the self-driving tech will eventually get to the point where it's able to handle enough circumstances. It'll be generally available and the insurance companies, the underwriters will see the precipitous drop in annual claims and deaths from self-driving vehicles as compared to monkey operated ones and insurance prices will dictate that the bottom 90% of society, socioeconomically speaking, will be in a self-driving car. And again, to your point, edge cases with snow and stuff like that, I'm not making a prediction, but that's going to be a thing. You are going to have to pay. I think before you and I are off the road, you are going to wind up paying a premium on your insurance if you actually want to operate that vehicle because it will be dem- demonstrable at that point to put you in a much higher risk category. Well, okay, That's my so, theory. All right. All right. So I'm going to disagree with your theory a little bit. Okay. Because uh, I think one, that's what we do here. And two, you're an idiot. So I'm uh, all in. <laughs> so, uh, and, I, and I see the time here. We're already over. So we'll, we'll, we'll cap here. That's we, didn't, we didn't cover this. was uh, This was the sidebar episode. Um, we need to start. I told you we're drinking in the sidebar. We need it. We need to put a warning on these things. Um, mandated by the government, of course. So (laughs) the, so I do not think we'll reach a point where self-driving cars are that prevalent because there are just too many scenarios given the current arrangement of, of things. 
there's just too many scenarios where it, it wouldn't work. Snow is the most obvious. Heavy rain is another good one. Construction Effectively is the another same, one. Yeah. Crappy mm-hmm. road, ca- crappy road structure. What? How are these hello roads? Pennsylvania? So yeah, yeah. Hello, all of Pennsylvania. How how is a self driving car going to get me into a national park where I drive a gravel road for a significant distance? Okay, it's never going to be ubiquitous. You're still going to be driving a car. You make a good argument with the with the insurance thing. However, people are paying the rates that they're paying now because. That's what the actuators have done. They've already done the math on the risk of a monkey-driven vehicle, okay? The automated vehicles present a new threshold. You're right. And could, in theory, I think you're also right, give a, a, a present a lower cost of insurance. So I, what I don't see, what, what you said, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but what you said is, uh, self, if, if you're driving the car yourself, your insurance is going to go through the roof and everyone else in the, in the self-driving, uh, category is going to pay much lower. I don't think that's, what's going to happen. I think insurance is going to continue to be what it is today for people who drive their own cars. And then there will be a new threshold potentially that is a lower price point for the self-driving car, the, you know, the, the robot driven. Um, well, I think more important, category. more important rather than parsing specific directionality and inequalities is the, the relative distance between the two rates. And I think because okay. there's another part of this entirely, which is that I think to be like, and this is in my mind, slightly dystopian, but I think the vast majority of people in that scenario will not even own a vehicle anymore. There will be autonomous fleets that like automated Uber. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, you're already seeing that. A it's a bit. subscription service. You get so many miles or so many hours per week or per month. And that's and we guarantee you an SLA on vehicle availability and cleanliness. And, you know, that like there's too much it's money possible. to be made from transportation as a service in that regard. That, that's absolutely going to be a huge. I mean, it abso- it, yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, the 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 driving services that you see today are. I, I think evidence of that, but again, I, I don't see the ubiquity of this because the uh, the availability of those services is dictated by your location. And so, with okay. robot, so, with robot, hold on, because I know where you're going. So with ro- with the robot driven stuff, you don't have the driver limitation that you do. You could just okay, I've got a fleet of, you know, I've got to put a fleet of vehicles out in the middle of you know East Jabip, Kansas. And they'll take care of everybody in there. I just have to have an understanding. I've got to do some calculation of population densities and things like that to determine how many cars I need everywhere. Okay. That's mm-hmm. fully that's fully granted. But then you run into all the self-driving limitations that I just discussed. Poor, poor road conditions, weather, construction. And it the the more you move out of the cities, the more these things happen and they're more remote the likelihood of them being getting stuck in a location where they actually need a human to come and rescue them. You know, it's just, there's a, there's a call. It's a cost benefit thing here. It's a cost benefit thing. And so then, so then it becomes, then it's a question of the, of the, uh, okay. So how do we overcome these things? Like snow, I snow is the easiest, best, most obvious one. Okay. So how do you overcome snow? Well, okay. We're doing what we can with the road, but really it's, it's about the car being connected to the road. Okay. So what do we do to the road? And so now you can think about things that you might do 
to the physical road. infrastructure in the road and the surrounding environment to right. facilitate and now you this. Have a, yeah. Now you have a massive, massive infrastructure undertaking, no matter mm-hmm. how you slice it. And so yeah. you've got to look at what Absolutely. you can do versus what, you know, all the way up to boiling the ocean style solutions. Yeah. And there is, there is no absent some radical change at some point. Like, I, I don't know. The one thing, the one thing that I keep thinking. So I think is, this is fallacious. This is, this is fallacious to me because the number of people historically speaking that have said that can never happen are interrupted by somebody doing it. No, I get it. Because right. you are right. Because the history of technology specifically in Silicon Valley is radical change. And I think that is just a question of time. It Maybe it's not 10, 12 years. Maybe it's 32 years. That's not going to be an issue. And I think there are ways to deal with this from, and I'm looking at it financially because like the bankers drive everything in, in this society. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind, okay, great. So you have the vehicle, it's autonomous. If the vehicle decides that it's not able to navigate because it's a national park, because there's snow, because it's night and raining or whatever the situation is, then the steering wheel pops back out of the dashboard and you have to drive it, but that is tracked. The vehicle knows you're only driving because you had to because it couldn't, and that information gets sent back to mm-hmm. headquarters. You're not sure. going to be dinged for that. And so I, like, there are solutions to all of this, um, and I think the idea that, oh, my goodness, we can't imagine. 200 years ago, nobody imagined manned flight. You know, right. like, so that, that argument, I think you're on shaky ground, well, although I, I do get some of your underlying practical concerns in the short term. You, so maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe in the next 12 years. By the time your son and, and my youngest son go to get their licenses, maybe it's not in GA. But I don't think you I, I, I maintain my position that before we are stripped of our licenses, uh, we'll see general availability and deployment of these. So you, you jumped in before I could actually grant the exact caveat that you're talking about. Oh, Absence well, there you go. Radical evolutionary change that nobody could predict, which does happen all the time. Some some kind of fun, something that fundamentally remakes the game. No, no. absent that, no. I don't that's see that certainly. Po- that's certainly possible. We're agreed on that. Yeah. And to that point, I would say that has been the history of technological development for the past right. 125 years, right. 200 years. That's even. all you just said. Radical yeah. changes in technology. Right. But even absent that, I'm saying the particular issues you've raised have practical viable solutions right in front of us but they but they do to how do we solve snow how do you solve snow how the human takes over whenever the vehicle is able to determine that it is able to navigate the roads the steering wheel sucks into the dashboard and it drives itself if it gets into a situation where it's not able to function steering wheel pops back out and you have to drive it you have to get where you're going so the people in the Northeast are driving for five months a year and the people in the Southwest don't have to do that. That's like, that's going to be right. built into the financials of the thing. I, like that's a, that's a I easily vision, envisionable scenario to me. I see. Okay. So you're, cause you're, you're going to have to have you're actually a really it doesn't long, solve the problem. It just, it just, you know, works in all other instances. That's, it, that's it does solve the saying. problem because it bridges the gap. Cause I think, you know, whether we will, cause I think when you hear general availability, like I don't mean that every vehicle on the road will only be self-driving. Mm-hmm. What I mean to say is that the majority of driven hours will be automated, mm-hmm. but there's still going to, you have to have long overlap period, I think. Right. Right. Probably they're going to have to wait for old cranks like us to die off. 
before anybody actually yeah. gives up the ability to drive. Let's say we do solve the snow problem at some point. You know, there's some random uh, revolutionary change. Sure. Um, I mean, I think that, that's one that's going to have to die with a certain generation. It's probably that, that there's certainly a generational adoption issue there for sure. All right. We got to get this started. We're running a little hot. We're running a little well, hot. Well, if you would, a little, uh, a little hot and low. That's, that's okay, though. That's okay. Um, well, if you'd like to let us know exactly uh, all of the ways in which you think Frank is wrong on any of the topics covered today, <laughs> you can do that. Feedback at refactor.work is our email address. You can write us a note or you can voice record on your phone and email that to us. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to engage with you. Refactor.work is the main site where you'll find show notes and archives and all that good stuff, book recommendations. Um, Frank is online in his ramblings at hotcoals.com. Dot com, and I'm online at chris.tonkinson.com. This has been episode 38 for September 7th. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, buddy. See you later.